Welcome to Health Source, a community education program brought to you by the University of Vermont Health Network. Your host today is Alex Tercy from the UVM Medical Center. Every year, more than 3 million reports of child abuse are made in the United States. In Vermont, child neglect and abuse has increased by 60% since 2012. Here to talk to us about the science of child abuse and much more is James Metz, MD. He's a pediatrician at the University of Vermont Children's Hospital and assistant professor at the Larner College of Medicine at UVM. Welcome to the show, Dr. Metz. Good morning. Good to be here. So first, let's kind of take a big picture look at this. What are some of the causes of child abuse? Yeah, That's a great question, and it kind of opens up a Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I wish there was one answer to that question, and I wish we could pinpoint it so that we could solve the problem easily. Unfortunately, I think it's a huge problem that has lots of um, different avenues to Mm -hmm. explore. So we do know uh, that there are specific things that lead to child abuse more often than not. So social factors Mm -hmm. are a huge role, play a huge role in um, child abuse uh, and and the causes of child abuse. So for instance, poverty, Mm. um, uh, social stressors like uh, losing a job Mm -hmm. or um, economic hardship, those all contribute to uh, child abuse rates. For instance, there was a study in Seattle uh, that Mm. looked at the trend in abusive head trauma during uh, the recent depression, and it showed that the rates of abusive head trauma went up considerably during that time. Mm. So we know that during times of social stress Mm -hmm. uh, for families, Um, and on society in general, that uh, levels of abuse go up. Hmm. Um, So I would say that's one. We know that uh, the opioid crisis here in Vermont also has impacted the rate of child abuse as well. So I think there are multiple issues that Mm -hmm. go into it. I would say that the most important one uh, is most likely uh, some sort of social stressor. You mentioned the opioid crisis, and I'm wondering if we've seen any kind of shift with the opioid crisis kind of coming to a real head, or if substance abuse in general is something that's associated with child abuse. Can you comment on that? Sure. We have seen uh, an increase in child abuse, but mostly it takes the form of neglect. Mm. So there's, when we talk about child abuse, we talk about different, there, child abuse in general, and there's, it's kind of a broad umbrella. So okay. you can have physical abuse, you can have sexual abuse, and you can have neglect, you can have medical child abuse. Mm. The opioid crisis, um, the most uh, stunning uh, increase has been in the neglect uh, mm. portion of, of child abuse. And you've seen that here in Vermont? We have seen well? that in Vermont. That's wow. right. And you mentioned some causes. What are some risk factors? Sure. So specifically, some of the risk factors for at least uh, child physical abuse we know are um, children with higher medical needs. Mm-hmm. So um, we know that children who are premature uh, are at a slightly higher risk for really? child mm-hmm. abuse. Uh, we also know that twins um, are... Uh, more affected by abuse than others. Um, We know that children with uh, uh, disabilities uh, have a higher risk of of child abuse. Um, We know that teenage parents um, uh, have a higher risk of perpetrating uh, uh, child abuse. Hmm. So there are specific 
um, factors that make child abuse more uh, common um, in certain populations. Hmm. Are there any reasons why behind some of that? Could you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. I think the easiest one to think about is a child with special needs. Mm -hmm. Um, They require more attention. Uh, They might be more demanding in some regards. And I think that that places, uh, again, uh, stress on the family. Um, And if it's a young family who has maybe little support, um, uh, that that can put the child at a higher risk. Mm. What are the signs and symptoms of child abuse and neglect? So that's a great question. It's one of the questions that I try to um, educate people on mm-hmm. most frequently, and the reason is because uh, because it's so it can be so subtle, and I, I think we all think about child abuse that it's you know we'll we'll know it when we see it, mm-hmm. but I think that unfortunately that's not always the case, and so when I think about cases of child abuse, I think about these what we call sentinel injuries or injuries mm-hmm. that might be very subtle that could be a harbinger of worse injuries in the mm-hmm. future. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, a small bruise on the face of a two-week-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that two-week-olds don't do much mm-hmm. other than uh, they're uh, eating, sleeping, mm-hmm. um, and not moving around a lot. And so a bruise on a two-week-old uh, is concerning for mm-hmm. abuse. So those kind of injuries um, we get very um, concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of neglect, when we see a child who isn't growing um, properly, so uh, not meeting their milestones developmentally or not meeting uh, their weight goals. Those kind of um, things make us concerned Mm -hmm. that they're not getting the nutritional support that they need. Um, So they're not often flagrant outward signs of abuse, Mm -hmm. although they are sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. We do get a lot of cases from um, schools calling Mm -hmm. us and and with reports of a child coming to school with a bruise on their ear Mm -hmm. or a bruise on their uh, arm. And those uh, are obviously uh, physical indicators of some sort of abuse. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's also very subtle signs that we look for as well. Are there any kind of behavioral indicators? Sure. And this is hard because children's behavior is mm-hmm. uh, variable. Sure. And trying to understand their behavior and why they're acting out in the way that they are is sometimes difficult. Mm. Um, so, w- yes, there are behavioral um, signs that we look towards, but um, we really try to look towards um, some physical findings. Mm, okay. In the case of uh, sexual abuse, when a child is um, exhibiting over-sexualized behavior or behaviors that are not um, appropriate for that age group, mm-hmm. um, then we start to get worried that maybe the, either they're being exposed to uh, inappropriate content or they are themselves being uh, abused. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm. Our guest today is James Metz, MD. He's a pediatrician at the University of Vermont Children's Hospital and an assistant professor at the Larner College of Medicine at UVM. Do you find in your work that it's hard to talk about child abuse and neglect in the medical realm? I do. I, unfortunately, what I usually say, it's, it's kind of the underbelly of, of medicine. Mm-hmm. And it is difficult to talk to about. about. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not 100% sure why that is, but I... I 
have lots of ideas because mm -hmm. I've been doing this for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it takes time to think about these kind of things. And unfortunately, it's difficult to think about. Mm -hmm. um, people, to think that someone could harm a child or, mm -hmm. or abuse a child is really difficult uh, to go there. And um, unfortunately, if you don't think about it, if you don't recognize that it occurs, then you probably miss it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's unfortunate because we have an opportunity in the hospital uh, or uh, in society to mm -hmm. uh, protect children. Mm -hmm. And if we are blind to the fact that it happens, then it's then it, then um, unfortunately children are going to continue to be abused. Mm -hmm. Could you talk a little bit about um, you know what happens if it isn't um, identified? What are some of the short-term effects yeah. of child abuse and neglect? So. Uh, in the short term, um, if a child presents to their physician or they're at school and um, uh, abuse isn't recognized, mm -hmm. the, the immediate effect is that they go home um, and they get abused again. Um, and we know that um, children come to the hospital uh, frequently, uh, and we know that whether it's bruising, fractures, head trauma, we know that in children we miss it. Uh, healthcare providers miss the first signs of abuse either a third to a half of the time that mm -hmm. we um, have seen a child. So that means that if a child comes in with fussiness to the emergency department, it's often recognized as maybe reflux or um, f just fussiness. Mm -hmm. um, and the child comes back uh, a second time to care and is noted to have been abused. So they get a head CT and they find uh, signs of abusive head trauma mm -hmm. that can be attributed to that first initial visit. Mm -hmm. So we know that this happens not infrequently. Mm -hmm. And um, missing it the first time could set that child up for abuse in the future. Mm -hmm. And then what are some of the longer terms effect, uh, long -term effects? Yeah. In the long term, we, there's been a whole um, uh, new... Uh, or maybe not new, but understanding, uh, more a more broad understanding of how uh, abuse and um, adverse experiences mm -hmm. early on in childhood lead to a whole array of um, health and psychological and uh, other problems later on in life. So I'm sure we've all heard of the ACEs studies. Um, and th those are adverse childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. And so uh, child abuse, whether it's physical, sexual, uh, neglect, are, would definitely fall in that category. Mm -hmm. And we know that those can be uh, causally linked to depression, um, suicide, mm -hmm. uh, cardiovascular risk factors later on in life. Mm. Wow. How can... Um providers such as yourself, communities, how can we reduce the risk of child abuse and neglect? What are some big picture yeah. things that can be done? Well, I think that's a great question. We all want to somehow be a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. And I think that the best way to do it is to recognize that it happens. That's the first step. So recognition that it's a problem. It's not only a problem, it's a big problem. Um, I think we lose sight of how... Um, common a problem it is. Mm -hmm. It actually is more prevalent, child abuse, whether it's neglect or physical abuse, is more prevalent than childhood leukemia, 
which gets a lot of um, uh, attention. And I think that understanding that this is a real problem, um, whether you're in Vermont or in Washington State or wherever, um, it's a big problem and it needs to be addressed. Mm. So I think the first step is recognition. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, I think uh, dedicating resources to the problem um, and addressing the different underlying causes uh, of child abuse are, is also important. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think there's a silver bullet to any of these, uh, but working with families to on food insecurity, working mm -hmm. on um, uh, employment issues, mm -hmm. um, all the social stressors mm -hmm. that families um, experience, I think helping them in that scenario, with that yeah. scenario, um, will uh, hopefully ease the burden mm -hmm. and um, cause less stress on families, mm -hmm. which can lead to child abuse. Mm. What would you say to somebody who's listening who m suspects that child abuse might be happening? Yeah, I, I think, the, the again, it's not something that we like to think about mm -hmm. uh, very often. So by the time someone is thinking about child abuse and by the time it reaches the the level that it's in your um, your thoughts mm -hmm. I think it's probably pretty um, important to, to report that mm -hmm. because I think we know that um, the threshold for people to think about child abuse is really high mm -hmm. and that's unfortunate because we probably miss it more than we mm -hmm. uh, than we should uh, so I would say that if you're thinking that a child has been abused, and remember that reporting, you don't have to have, uh, you, you don't have to know for certain that a child has been abused. You just have to have a suspicion mm -hmm. that something is not right mm -hmm. or that a, chi that a child may have been abused mm -hmm. to report it. And um, so I would encourage people to, st instead of stepping away from the problem, mm -hmm. step into the problem mm -hmm. and see it as maybe a civic duty mm -hmm. to you know, protect children. Sure. Um, yeah. Mm. Our guest today has been Dr. James Metz. He's a pediatrician at the University of Vermont Children's Hospital and an assistant professor at the Larner College of Medicine at UVM. All Vermonters are encouraged to report their concerns about children's safety. If a child is in immediate danger, dial 911 or the local police first. Then call 1-800-649-5285 to make a report. To learn more about health and wellness resources available to you from the UVM Medical Center, please visit uvmhealth.org slash medcenter. You've been listening to Health Source, brought to you by the University of Vermont Health Network. For more information, visit uvmhealth.org and check us out on social media.